Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. It's all about being in alignment. And what is the assignment for this season? Some people don't want to let go of previous seasons because they don't want to feel like they're losing something or something's being taken from them versus they are releasing something. There's a big difference between something from losing, something being taken, and releasing. Releasing is the act of your will. And when you release something, then you can expect to get something that is better in return. It's seed, it's the principle of seed time and harvest. I release this thing as a seed and now my harvest means I'm supposed to have something better in terms of impact as well as income and fulfillment. But when something is taken, I'm trying to recuperate and get what I lost or what I what was taken. Or if I lose it, I'm trying to find it and get that same thing again. And so I think that perspective is what keeps people hanging on to an old season along with comfort because they're familiar. But you got to be okay with releasing what is comfortable and releasing what is familiar to embrace the uncomfortability of something that's greater. Because the greater thing will always be uncomfortable at the beginning because you have to expand your capacity to walk in it. And then once you expand your capacity to walk in it, you become comfortable and used to operating at this higher level. Welcome to Universal Grace. I am your host, Nadine Grace. Universal Grace is a dose of personal development and spiritual truth to help you become the best and greatest version of yourself. I share real talks with global game changers, thought leaders, and high-performance experts in this raw and unfiltered transformational podcast. I know that we're all capable of becoming the very best version of ourselves. We just need to remember who we are and believe that we are worthy and deserving of an extraordinary life. I am here to awaken you to your infinite potential and inspire Inspire you to unlock your inner greatness and live your best life. You ready? Let's get started. Welcome back to Universal Grace. I am your host, Nadine Grace. Today's guest, his name is Jamal Maxim. He's a friend, mentor to aspiring leaders. And his mission is to help educators confidently shift into the next phase of their career outside of the classroom and avoid potential pitfalls along the way and ignite the champion leader that is in them. Jamal helps aspiring school leaders go to the principal's office and experience success on day one. He also helps entrepreneurs launch their dream business by monetizing their skills and experience. Jamal is known for his ability to plan strategically. 
helping those he serves create action steps to accomplish their vision and overcome the realities of school leadership. He taught for nine years and served as a school principal. He has led a school with as many as 92 staff members, serving approximately 950 families. He also provided support to a school principal at a school that served approximately 2,100 families. In addition to running his business, Jamal serves on the board of directors for a nonprofit organization. Jamal lives in Cincinnati, Ohio with his wife where they enjoy laughing and spending time together. I hope that you will enjoy this episode as much as I did. I really had a, a wonderful time you know, chatting with Jamal, talking about life purposes and really, you know, just going through his entrepreneurial journey and um, discussing the joys and the ups and downs of life. So I really hope that you will take back a lot of gold nuggets, (laughs) golden nuggets from this conversation. I know that I did. Let's jump right in. Today's guest, his name is Jamal, and he has an amazing story to share. So welcome, Jamal. Thank you so much, Nadine. It's so great to be a guest on your show. My pleasure. My pleasure. So Jamal, what is your story? Oh, man. Uh, (laughs) Time would not permit for me to tell everything. (laughs) But um, just to give a little background as to how I got to where I am. You know, I started, I always knew, I would say this, as a child, I always knew that I would own my own business. Um, I come from a family of entrepreneurs. My grandmother was a business owner. My aunt was a business owner. My mom was a business owner. And so I knew I would own my own business, but I didn't know exactly what kind. Um, Because I'm a musician, I thought I was going to own a music business, which I kind of started a little bit. um, But but that really wasn't the business that I launched into. And so I did the typical thing. I went to business school, um, got my degree in business, and then started working for a company, um, a marketing company that actually was contracted by one of the larger automotive companies. And I realized it was boring. It wasn't utilizing my talents. It was the same thing every single day answering phones when the internet was alive and well, but I'm answering the phones, answering questions about a a particular car product. And I wanted to do something to help other people, to help them really walk in their potential and not just realize it, but actually live it and walk in it. And so that caused me to shift into law enforcement because I thought what better way to help somebody than by being a police officer and went through the academy after a year of being on the road I recognized that that wasn't it Um, for me unfortunately because I grew up in this city just outside of Detroit a very urban area and most of the people we were arresting were were young they were kids they were young and they were people of color and I had this desire, that same desire that told me that this wasn't it, also said that I needed to really do something to help that group of people um, learn how to think, Mm -hmm. you know, because so many of them were just making bad choices. And unfortunately, it was like, oh, you did this, you get arrested. It wasn't, it wasn't any grace in that. So, so I shifted to um, education 
became a teacher. So I'm like, look, I'm gonna help these, I'm gonna help these kids think and help them stay out of trouble, help them realize their potential. So I became a teacher, went into education, taught for a number of years, relocated to another state. You know, I'm in the Cincinnati area now to help turn around some schools. And, you know, as I was teaching, I had the desire again to do more, to have a greater impact. So I went into school leadership. After becoming a leader um, in a school setting, I just kept doing all I could to help students, help teachers, and I built up a reputation and a, a history of, of performing and doing extremely well. Um, I was in the charter world for a while. I don't know if you're familiar, familiar with the charter school model, um, which here in Ohio is called a non-traditional non public school. And it seemed very unstable, um, at least here. And it seemed too, like it was too much, you know, that I was being asked too much where I couldn't really focus on instruction and educating. It was like I was running a business, but it was somebody else's business. Because every week I was marketing the school and doing all of these things and going to all of these different events to get student enrollment because of how the funding is set up here. And so I didn't want to do that anymore. So I shifted to traditional public school, thinking that that would be more stable, you know, and it, it went well, went into a school that was already had already done some turnaround efforts and it's extremely large serviced a lot of students. So I fit right in with what was already going on, realizing, okay, I got to help take this, keep the things moving. And after one year, I was asked to be the principal the principal who was there, um, you know, relocated. And I, cause I was okay with being an assistant after being a principal in charter and then going to being an assistant. It was easy for me to just support, kick back, get a month off in the summer again. I mean, I was, <laughs> I was like, I'm good. And so, um, once I became the principal, I began to, um, you know, continue that work, face some challenges, you know, it's challenging to do what's right by people, especially when the people who are there in that place don't want to, one, recognize that they were wrong. And two, if they do recognize they're wrong, it's uncomfortable just to change, even though they know the change is needed. So I had some challenges there, but you know, I overcame them. And my last year in that district, I was still facing some challenges. Um, with some of the teachers, just a very small pocket. Sometimes it's amazing how how only a few people make so much noise. And um, so they said, look, you're having some challenges here. We have the high school campus needs help. They need, because they've had turnover every year of school leadership. They were like, we have someone who's going to actually stay for the second year in a row where everybody else has quit after year one. They said, we need you to come help turn around the school. We have a grant. You can help manage that grant. You're good at turning around schools. You're strategic. We think, you know, we could use you here and that'll be better for everybody. And I was like, okay, so this works. You want to move me here to help turn around this school. You think, you think my situation at, at my current school is okay, but you think I'm better suited there. Okay, so I was voluntold. They asked me that, but then told me basically it really wasn't a choice. So I was moved. Um, after that year, 
I really had, well, during that year, I had to get into the mindset of my new assignment because I wasn't doing what I typically would do as a principal. I was considered district level admin, so I wasn't evaluating anybody. I wasn't doing observations. I really wasn't monitoring instruction in that way, which was different for me because I was a highly active principal. I was always in classrooms, always around teachers, always around students. And now I had to go to being in a bunch of meetings where I was in the meeting, I was meeting to prepare for a meeting, meeting to debrief about a meeting or in the actual meeting, <laughs> you know? So that, that kind of thing was kind of boring, but I embraced it, this new role, this new assignment, this new challenge. And so fast forward now to January of last year and January, they say, you know, they say, look, you're doing great. High school team here loves you. Things are going really good. Do you want to stay here or go back to the elementary school that you were leading? And I was, and they said, well, it may be a challenge to win some of those naysayers, but it's your choice. But we would prefer if you stayed here. We think you're making a great impact here. Because the school I left was already top performing. So they were, I believe they were scared to kind of rock that boat. So that was January. I said, let me think about it. February, a house bill gets passed here in Ohio that cuts funding from public schools and gives it to charter. And so our district lost half a million. And so we had to make cuts. And guess where those cuts had to be made? You couldn't cut a principal, couldn't cut teachers. So you cut other district level administrators um, who are making a certain amount of money. And because um, the unfortunate thing about when you work for someone else, you perform well and you get those pay increases. And that seems like a good thing until they have to make budget cuts because then the finance guy looks at numbers versus impact. And so my position was cut in February or I was informed it would be cut in February. And then March, COVID hit. And so, and so what that did was that forced me to really do some thinking and some reflecting. I had to think, okay, the whole state is impacted. Many of the districts around me lost millions. Um, our district was fortunate because um, we didn't lose as much as everyone else. I said, I could either, I thought to myself and said to myself, I can either print this resume, email this resume, make phone calls, put the work in to try to have my resume noticed by somebody just so they can call me in the interview so I could try to compete in this interview process to get hired by somebody, or I could put that same thing I would put in my resume, packaged in a consulting offer, and make the same phone calls, put the same effort and energy to get in front of the same people to tell them, I can help you turn your school around, I can help develop your leaders, been there, done that. And so I made the choice which one was the thing to do because I wanted to be responsible and provide for my family. But at the same time, I recognized that things were shifting and changing. And so I embraced the change and stepped out into my own business, which I do now. Um, and have been doing for a little more than a year of igniting champion leaders. And so that's what I do now. I love your story. And it takes courage to take a chance on yourself. And trust yourself because this all boils down to, do I trust myself to, you know, to go down this entrepreneurial journey and just having, you know, after just you going through so many different transitions, I guess, and not really being valued, you mm -hmm. like, okay, 
enough is enough. <laughs> you know, I'm going to take a chance on myself and, um, and, you know, and be that, that, that change, be that, that person, that other people who wants to a change to, to, to be able to look at as well. Cause there's a lot of people who wants to do what you're doing, but they're just not believing that they're capable of going down that, um, that road. And here you are telling them that they can. So what is it, what does a day look like in your new life now, even though it's not that new, you started a year ago. What is, yeah. what does a day looks like, look like in it? Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm still learning in this thing. Um, actually it's been slightly more than a year. March will be two years. Um, my typical day starts off with my, definitely my morning routine. You know, for me, I'm a person of prayer. So I, I don't start my day without praying because I recognize I'm not, even though I'm intelligent and I'm smart, but I'm not smart enough to mm -hmm. step into the unknown mm -hmm. and handle every factor mm -hmm. on my own. So my day starts with that. And then, and then the way I have my, I use this technique called block scheduling. And so my mornings, and I teach this to any entrepreneur, half of your time should be spent in sales and marketing, the other half in developing your actual, your business. Mm -hmm. So my mornings are, is my business development time. So that's when I'm either creating something for my business mm -hmm. or working on something that I've created, tweaking it, trying to make it better, you know, just that kind of thing. And so, cause I, cause I found, and I've learned when I'm most creative, I'm creative, you know, I'm a creative person all the time. And I, and my personality, it has this great blend of strategy and creativity. Cause I am super, like my mind just goes in terms of strategy, mm -hmm. but I'm also that same way when it comes to creative, being creative. And so because I'm a morning person, you know, it's like my body is just trained no matter what time I go, go to bed at night, I wake up at a certain time without an alarm clock every morning. Mm -hmm. So I get up, get in my routine, get into a creative flow, create what needs to be created, or I posture myself to learn something during that time to help improve myself. Like I may take a course or read a book and then my afternoons, is, is strictly for sales and marketing. So that's when I'm calling people and that's when I'm following up on phone calls and really reaching out and making connections to see how I can serve through my business. And that's what my typical day, typical day is like, you know, I'm people catch me, you know, live on Facebook's teaching stuff or in discussions on, on clubhouse um, talking in rooms about school leadership and leadership or about entrepreneurship, just pouring out. And that's, that's what I do. And then I meet with, of course, I meet with clients and serve them and help them get their transformation. Yes. It's all about, you know, it's, it's not how many hours you have in the day, but it's what you do with it. Oh, and absolutely. Yes. And, and I like yeah. how you start your day off with a prior knowing that you, you know, it's, we're, we're not that powerful to see what's ahead of us. We can, so we need that supernatural, um, you know, intervention to intervene and, and take our request to the next level. And um, yes, yes. And, 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 you know, I, I like how you just step into your purpose and you, you had to go through those different experiences to say, I know I don't like, I don't want to be a police officer. 
you know, I don't want to do this. It's not satisfying. And that's what it all boils down to. Or like, are we, you know, are you fulfilled? Do you wake up fulfilled every day? Do you really like what you do? You know, does it feel purposeful? And um, I, I believe that we all have to go through different level of experiences to know what we don't like so we can know what we like. And it, 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 it also starts from, you know, just us knowing who we are too, right? Knowing that we're capable of doing whatever we put our mind to and whatever we feel called to do, because we all have a calling in our life. Yes. We all came here to do something significant, but mm -hmm. a lot of us, a lot of people have forgotten that and they just do because someone told them, you know, it, just do this or do that. And, you know, oh, it pays more. So I'll just do this until I continue to do it. But then they're miserable with, and that was my story. Um, I was, you know, <laughs> I was all about labels. Oh, you know, I have this degree and that, and that degree, and I'm working at this company and that company and miserable inside and going to work just wishing it's the end of the day but mm -hmm. I was just looking at the external of it oh you know I'm working at a good company I get paid well and and I have this degree and that degree but was so empty I wasn't following my my passion and I I didn't even know who the hell I was so I was yeah. just going with the flow and that's what's happening with a lot of people in today's world they just go with the flow and do what they're told and I think it gets to a point where you're like okay so I've done everything I've gone to college I've got the degree I've got the good job why why am I still feeling so empty inside what is it that I'm lacking and I think that's what leads to, leads to self-exploration in your case you're like okay so I tried this didn't like that <laughs> tried being a police officer didn't like it try this until you got to the point like yes I feel because I see the confidence in you and mm -hmm. you know just loving what you do and, and, and being purposeful about it and helping other people see that as well. So, you know, I like having discussions like this, Jamal, people who have found their, their purpose, because do you agree? It's all about finding, finding your purpose and yeah, what absolutely. lights you up. Absolutely. Yes. absolutely. And I will say I've been intentional to live a life of, of in pursuit of the fulfillment of purpose. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to clarify something as well, because a lot of people talk about purpose, mm -hmm. but I teach about purposes, purposes and destiny. Cause I believe that we all have purposes, many purposes, which ultimately mm. lead to fulfillment of our destiny. And I believe that we're born with a calling and that call is to fulfill the destiny that's upon our lives. Mm. And in that process, we will fulfill many purposes. And so for me, there's say that again, that was, that was yeah. amazing. Can you say that again? So I can get it in my yes. spirit. <laughs> we have, we have one destiny and we have many in the process of walking out that destiny, we will fulfill many different purposes mm. because I will say this, you know, for me, I knew it, it I knew that I'm called and destined to help other people reach their full potential. Mm. Now, sometimes the search is not for purpose. The search is for a how, how we fulfill those purposes because we know what we're supposed to do, but we're trying to figure out, okay, what does this look like in my life? Mm. And so, and like you said, I went to law enforcement really not because I had a passion for it. I mean, it was fun. It was a fun job. I was in the car chase every week and I felt like I was on TV, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> but I only went there and I only applied because someone that I had relationship with said I should do it. They said, look, you'll be a good fit for this because he was a detective. 
he knew me in, you know, since I was, you know, he knew me very well and was like, you'll be a good fit for this. And so I was thinking, I got to be responsible, got to make the money to take care of home. So boom, I did it. And so a lot of times out of a sense of responsibility, we will pursue something or an avenue thinking that this will help me fulfill my purposes and destiny when actually prosperity is linked to being in alignment with your purposes and destiny. So even though I was making good money, I wasn't fulfilled in that position, but that position did allow me to see where I needed to be because my heart was breaking almost every day, arresting high school kids or young college kids who were just making a bad decision who didn't need to be arrested. They just needed somebody to talk to them. And so people were getting mad at me because I was too busy trying to talk some sense into folks and tell them to go home at two in the morning instead of being out there doing what they were doing instead of just locking them up. And so, and so that, that made me shift. And then once I got, got into alignment, there was a season of being a teacher where I was teaching and having impact and because I taught technology coming from business. So I, I taught every kid in the building at least once a week. And so I was able to have an impact and they were able to see me, but then I, then there was a sense of, okay, you, your season for being a teacher is up. There's more for you. And so that's when I had to step into school leadership. And so a lot of people don't, they miss purposes and destiny because they, they, they're chasing the money aspect or they think maybe this will do it, but also they miss purposes and destiny because they don't want to let go of a season that has ended because mm. we have to recognize when a seat, when things have shifted and when a season has ended, we have to shift and step into the next place that is for us. I love that. Oh my goodness. I'm sure you see me over here nodding and I love what you just said. You know, there's seasons for everything. I was just sitting outside with my six-year-old son yesterday and, you know, just looking at the trees and I was like, Jordan, his name is Jordan. Look at the different, look at, you see how the trees change color? I said, that's because the, it's in a different season. We're this in the season of fall. And I said, just like the tree, the, the, the tree change, you change as well. You have different seasons. He didn't know what the heck I was saying, but yeah, we do have seasons in our life when we need to let go of what's not what's no longer serving us and mm -hmm. step into another chapter, another season of our lives. But, you know, uh, this isn't taught in, you know, in school. And we, we don't know that a lot of people don't know that, that there's different seasons in their life and that they have a purpose. They just think that, like I thought, you know, go to college, get a college degree, and then find a good company to work, work there until you retire, take vacations, and then you die. I literally thought that was, mm -hmm that was life. I really thought that was life until I, I, you know, it, I started suffering because I didn't like what I was doing. So I like how you brought up that a lot of people take jobs and go into careers because they're looking at, you know, how much it's going to pay them and the, you know, the money they're, they're going to be making and the status and all of that, but they don't really sit down to really think and say, okay, so Am I doing something that's fulfilling? I don't even think, I don't even, I didn't, I didn't sit down to think about what's fulfilling. 
when I was in college. I just right. knew that I love math. I love accounting. I'm going to be an accountant and, and, you know, it's money in it. And, and then as I started to, to get really into the meat of it, I was miserable. So a lot of people are not really tying their unfulfilled life to purpose. I really, truly believe, Jamal, that you can never, no one can ever be fulfilled unless they're walking in purpose and fulfilling the calling on their life. I agree totally. I totally agree with that. Because I was so unfulfilled until I I started really walking in purpose. And purpose is just all about serving because I think we all came here to serve each other in whatever capacity we feel called to. So, and it it takes, sometimes it takes us going through years of changing jobs, you know, suffering, you know, and and really trying to discover self, which you did. You you went through so many different layers of of changes and experiences and different jobs to finally now I'm looking at you right now. And, you know, as you were speaking, you were so, you're so driven and so passionate about, you know, what you're doing, helping people to, to really, you know, walk in purpose. Cause that's basically yes. what you're doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And one of the things about, and not trying to really sell my program, but just highlighting, you know, my assignment is the fact that when I talk to people about leadership, I recognize everybody's not called to be a school principal. And, I, and I'm real clear on that. I'm gonna teach you to learn how to lead and how to influence people to take action, but you have to recognize that you might not have to, your calling might not be the school principal. You might call it to be an assistant or a teacher leader, a teacher coach, or whatever the case may be. Now, because I'm a former principal, I, I definitely talk from that vein, but people have to recognize not only their their particular assignment or their purposes that they're to fulfill, but they got to recognize how. Because people can be gifted in leadership, but then, and they think, oh, I'm supposed to be the principal. Well, that might not be your assignment. Your assignment may be to support the principal by being the assistant. You're still leading in the building, but you don't have to be the 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 final decision maker or the top decision maker, however people want to phrase it. Sometimes you may need to to, have to be the one to come alongside someone and and serve in that capacity. Or maybe your gifting is being being the coach where you don't have to be, be worried about evaluating other people or the paperwork and all the other foolishness that comes along with Um, leading a school that's really unnecessary and maybe you need to just be the one that avoids that and say look I'm just gonna get in here with these teachers and coach them Mm -hmm. so you have to be clear not only on on what your assignment is but you have to begin to get clear on how you are to fulfill it what is your specific way of doing it because you know some people may look at me strange because I have this this phrase where I say I send people to the principal's office and I run a challenge called go to the principal's office. And in the middle of saying that, I say you might not be the one to go to the principal's office. You may have to go get an office next to the principal mm. because it's all about being in alignment. Yes. Because many people miss it because they are trying because they misinterpret something or don't take the time to really see how does my gifting, how does what I'm called to do fit. And what is the assignment for this season? Because somebody may, you know, 
principal may be their destination, but in this season, it might not be. Mm-hmm. They might have to be an assistant for a minute to fulfill some purposes for that season. <sighs> and so you have to be wise and recognize those things. I love this. I love how you're going into the season. There are different stages yeah. of your life where you will have different responsibilities based on the season that you're in. Yes. I like that. I like that because so many of us, including myself, try to hold on to things that were meant for last season. And, and, and yes. And then, and that's, and that's when we suffer. That's when we suffer when it's time to let go. Cause there's a season we can learn so much just by studying a tree. Mm-hmm. Just by studying a tree, how the tree goes through a different season, different season, it sheds its, its leaves during winter, springs up again in the springtime. You know, it's yeah. just different seasons. And there's actually a universal law. I'm try- I, I made a video um, about two years ago. I don't remember. I think it's the law of goodness. I'm having a brain freeze right now. The law, I know it's not the law of gender, it, it'll come to me, but there's a universal law that, because we the universe is governed by universal laws, and that's the that's one of the law, the law where it's there are different seasons of our life where it's important for us to let go of what's not what's no longer serving us and step yeah. fully into what we're being called to do. And but so many of us are so used to just holding on to the old and clinging to it, to what's known, to what's, because, you know, the the unknown is a bit scary. (laughs) It really Mm -hmm. is, but that's where the magic is. Mm -hmm. The magic is taking that first step and trusting that all is going to work out for your highest good. And um, until we really start trusting and step in and, and, and leave what is no longer serving us. Like if you didn't take that chance on yourself and, you know, quit sending out resumes, (laughs) That, that that season ended yes <laughs> you're like Absolutely. okay time to stop sending out resumes time to you know to stop trying to fit into something that's no longer going to serve me and yeah. and level up move on to the next chapter of my life and that that's where your season started where you stepped into that chapter of your life last march and covid i guess covid had to happen <laughs> for you <laughs> yeah for you to step into your into your and that's what's happening right now in 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 today's right now in 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 humanity humanity is waking up they're waking up to their to their full potential to 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 who they are because a lot of people have lost their jobs a lot of people you know have just lost their jobs i've spent many many years at a job and Mm -hmm. and they just they got let go because of you know why and yes. it is forcing a lot of people to go within to say, okay, I just gave 20 years to this job or however long, 10, 15, mm-hmm. five years. And they just let me go just like that. Just so like that. Yes. Why? Who, what is going highly on? Skilled. And it's the highly skilled people too. Cause the people I talked to, it wasn't like poor performers were being let go. It was the highly skilled people who were being let go. And, and for me, and I'll just talk about myself personally. I know that if that budget cut wouldn't have happened, I'd have still been in that district at the school because some people don't want to let go of previous seasons because they don't want to feel like they're losing something. 
or something's being taken from them versus they are releasing something. Mm. There's a big difference between something from losing, something being taken and releasing. Releasing is the act of your will. And when you release something, then you can expect to get something that is better in return. It's seed, it's the principle of seed time and harvest. Mm. I release this thing mm. as a seed and now my harvest means I'm supposed to have something better in terms of impact as well as income and fulfillment. But when something is taken, I'm trying to recuperate mm. and get what I lost or what I what was taken. Or if I lose it, I'm trying to find it and get that same thing think, again. Yeah. And so I think that perspective is what keeps people hanging on to an old se- season along with comfort because they're familiar. But you got to be okay with releasing what is comfortable and releasing what is familiar to embrace the uncomfortability of something that's greater. Because the greater thing will always be uncomfortable at the beginning because you have to expand your capacity to walk in it at that time. And then once you expand your capacity to walk in it, you become comfortable and used to operating at this higher level. Look at that. I love everything you just said. I absolutely love everything you just said. You see me putting my hands up saying hallelujah. <laughs> I love everything that you just said. We're just, you know, my, myself included. I, 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 I'm going through a season of my life right now where, I, where I'm getting a lot of messages that it's time for me to let go old mm-hmm. thought patterns that are not, that are no longer serving me. And it is one of the most difficult thing to do because it's, it's what we're used to. So we cling to what's mm-hmm. no longer serving and then we end up suffering more. And when it's time to let go, it is just time to let go, let go. And, mm-hmm. and, and move on to the next chapter of your life because the next chapter of your life is, is what's going to take you and open up new doors for you to, to be able to, to walk, you know, your, your, your path. I love this conversation because a lot of people right now, right now in today's world, because of what's going on right now with the pandemic or their season has ended. Mm-hmm. Their so season true. has ended and they're right now in contemplation thinking, what am I going to do? not realizing that it's the blessing in disguise. Yes. Yes. And I'll tell you, it, I had to be real clear on my transition being a blessing in disguise. And I'm so glad I am sensitive enough to know that it was, but even knowing it was a blessing in disguise, I still went through some emotions, you know, feeling like, well, they could have tried to find me, find a position for me to put me somewhere else or, you know, that kind of thing, or feeling like, man, I put all that work in, like you said, to turn, to help turn this district around. I shouldn't have never, uh, I should have just pushed back when they wanted to move me to the high school, you know, that kind of thing. All these shoulda, coulda, wouldas, thoughts of losing, thoughts of what I'm going to do now. All of those emotions came. But the one thing I am, I had to recognize is that one, they're just emotions. And so I don't ignore my emotions, mm-hmm. you know, I, I feel them and I process them and I recognize emotions that try to take me to an, a bad place. I don't need to stay there. And I know that thoughts 
emotions are the product of my thought life. And so if I change the way I think, I'll change the way I feel. Mm -hmm. So I had to really change my thought perspective. And I had to take what I call dominion over my mind, because thoughts come to you a lot. But in all of them aren't necessarily yours. Just because you thought it, and it was in your head, don't mean you originated thought. And so I recognized that some of these feelings came from thoughts that were not necessarily mine. And then there were some that were mine that was just unhealthy. So I had to deal with them. And so one of the things I did is I make sure I put into practice affirmations. And, and in my affirmation during that season, I, and I still do, I give a fresh yes to the calling and to the purposes and destiny of my life. So I say today, I give a fresh yes. Mm. And I embrace fulfilling the call and walking out the destiny that is for me. And so, and that's what I do. And that helps shift me to see what I am doing is what is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing at this moment in time. And then I began to see if I stayed in that district, one, my impact would have been limited because I would have impacted, you know, one school. So I would have impacted 2,100 students, a little more than 100 teachers. And because of my influence in the district, you know, maybe an, an additional 900 students at the other school I left and an additional 100 teachers, but maybe 10 to 12 of them didn't really like me anyway. And so, so we, we might have to minus them out. And so, but stepping into this, I'm, I'm, I am working with and have the opportunity to work with multiple school districts yeah. to impact multiple school buildings with multiple students, multiple teachers, and I get to help entrepreneurs step into what they're stepping into. And so I'm helping. And then that impact translates into the people they serve. So my impact is greatly increased and multiplied by just making that step and accepting the invitation to be at a higher and a different place. I like that. You not resisting change and stepping into the next chapter of your life opened up new doors for you to even impact more more people and create more value. And if, if anyone is listening right now who have, you know, who has been impacted by the pandemic, you have lost your job and you've given years, doesn't even have to be years, but you just lost your job and you feel like, what the heck am I going to do now? That's all I had. Understand that when something is taken away from you, don't go running back for it. It's for a reason. Mm -hmm. Everything that is taken away from us is to bring new things in our lives. We have to let go of the old to get the new. You hear Jamal's story. He had to let go of what was no longer serving him to move into his destiny. And he's now living his life in purpose. So when you lose something, you lost, you lose your job, you, you know, people come out of your life or, you know, just whatever circumstances you're going through, the pandemic has created a lot of um, you know, just a lot of chaos right now in terms of people losing their jobs. So if that is you, the universe is showing you that it's time for you to close that season of your life and stop sitting down and, and, and worrying and, and fretting about it and really go within, go within and find out what is it that makes me come alive? 
what is it that I, what is my calling? What is it that I came here to do? Because we all came here to do something and really start, you know, really asking yourself those tough questions. And that's the thing. We don't really ask ourselves questions. If we don't ask questions, we're not going to get it. So start asking yourself questions like, what is the next chapter of my life? What is it that I see myself doing? What is it that makes me come alive that, that really sparks me and, and makes, and make me just want to get out of bed? What is it that I like? And take that small step and, and really, you know, go down that, that journey because it's scary. It really is. It, if, if it stepping into the unknown is one of the scariest, scariest thing ever, but we will never get to the level of where we need to be if we don't step into the unknown and trust the process. And I'm speaking from experience, um, even with this podcast, who would have known a year ago that I would have been doing this? No, because I didn't see myself qualified enough to, to, you know, to have a podcast and show and motivating and inspiring, having fantastic guests like yourself. No, I didn't think that I was worthy enough to do that because I was still looking at myself from a victim mentality, from a victim mm-hmm. perspective. So a lot of the times when things shift in your life and things happen, it's really not to push you down. It's to really get you to move because you've been stuck for so long. You know, you hated that damn job that you worked for 20 years. You didn't really like it, but you were just there because it's paying your bills. And Mm. now, you know, you got pushed out of it. Don't try to get back to it. Don't try to, you know, sit there and worry about why did this happen? Now is the time to really get to know yourself and see what makes you come alive. See what really you know, sits in your spirit and what is it that you like to do? What advice would you give to someone who's trying to um, really figure out what the next chapter of their life is? And, you know, in terms of going within and finding out the answers, like what type of advice would you give? Because there's so many people right now who are, who are, um, who have lost their jobs like you did last year and, Mm -hmm. um, and want to move on to the next level of their life. Well, I would say, um, really just really spend some quiet time you know for me and you know my faith and my beliefs I I would say quiet time in prayer and then listening because a lot of people pray and they do all the talking and so and never listen for a response from you know for me it's God you know and so and so I would say spend some quiet time praying and listening and really recognize the gifts that are already in you so yes, the position may be gone, but that you still have the skill set, the talents that you developed from that position, the experience, and you have giftings that caused you to be successful in that position in the first place. And so, you know, you sit, you listen and think about, okay, how do I use these gifts, this talents, this experience that I have to, to my next place? One question I have learned to ask from my mentor, and I ask this anytime something happens, is I ask what is being required of me in light of what I now know? Mm. Because I never approach praying as if I'm trying to inform God of my situation. Did you see what they just did? You know, it's, um, you know, like he has to make a backup plan. And so it's what is required of me? So what is, find out what's being required of you or what your next move is by simply asking what's required of me 
in light of what I now know, in light of this season. I'm this about position, to write that down. What is required position, of me in light in of light this of, season? Yes, because this position ended, that se- so that season is over. What's required of me right now? And then you have to take the time to be still to hear it. Because a lot of times people respond and act based upon feelings, pressure, and frustration rather than what they have heard. So you got to be still so you can hear. And then when you hear it, just just do it. Because it may, like you were saying, Nadine, it may seem scary. Because it's like, you know, especially for me, it was like, okay, my salary was this much. And now I'm stepping out, starting at ground zero when it comes to salaries. And but the bills don't stop coming. <laughs> so they don't say, oh, we're going to take a break. You know, you don't have to pay mortgage this month. We, we'll wait till you, till you get on your feet. <laughs> right. They don't do that. And so that can bring a little bit of anxiousness and fear. But you have to recognize that being the safest place is being in, the, in purposes and destiny. And mm-hmm. so there's strategy that will come to you when you be still to hear it and then you can navigate through seasons of building and so because that's a whole nother story seasons of building because a lot of times we jump out and we see these folks working on the beach and working in Hawaii and working uh, in Cabo and everywhere else these vacation spots at the resort talking about my entrepreneur life and we think that's going to happen in seven or 14 days and then okay maybe 30 <laughs> days because it took me a little a little longer but we don't recognize that we're talking that sometimes it may acceleration looks different for everybody because some people's idea of acceleration is I start today tomorrow everybody knows me. I'm on world stages with Tony Robbins. But acceleration is you're going at a faster pace than than you normally would not have because you are cooperating with purposes and destiny and the Mm. call on your life. And you recognize too that my acceleration may be different than someone else's because of what I am building. Mm -hmm. Because I'll tell you this, the intention of building with with God is to build something that's sustainable and goes beyond you. Mm -hmm. And is bigger than you, goes beyond you. And so that takes time. One um, One thing that I was shown recently in a dream is a baby. And in this dream, someone was telling me if a baby that was two years old was overweight, you would say that baby was unhealthy. But if that baby at two years old was also underweight, you would also say it's unhealthy. So in order for this baby to be considered healthy, it has to be at the right size, the right weight. And then I woke up and was like, man, and I knew that that was referring to my business because I could want it to be so big for my for, for where I am but that could be unhealthy because if you build too fast, you don't have a solid foundation. But if you build too slow, you're not reaching people who are waiting on you mm-hmm. to help them fulfill their purposes and destiny. So you have to watch your pacing and make sure you're on pace with where you're supposed to be and not rush that thing because of a desire to make more income. And so, yeah. Your clients are so freaking blessed to have you. You're a man of wisdom. You are a man of wisdom. And I I really hope that you inspire 
millions and millions of people because you know you you just have me just gonna go back and <laughs> and look back at my own thought process and my own faith and and my own entrepreneurial journey and spiritual journey that I'm currently on so thank you so much so much Jamal for being here I really hope that you know you will step fully into you know, helping millions of people who really need it right now. Now is the perfect time because the world, you know, a lot of people have been, have lost their jobs and really not really sure what the next chapter is. And this is where you come in to hold that space for them, to show them that, you know, everything is meant to happen the way it is supposed to happen. And it's, and there's the season of them holding on to the old is over and it's time to move into the new. So thank you so much for coming here. If um, our listeners wanted to connect with you, how much would they, how much, how would they find you? <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, they can find me. I'm on a lot of, so the primary way is my website, jamalmaxim.org. While I'm on multiple social media platforms, I'm on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and I'm on Clubhouse. I spend a lot of time on Clubhouse um, because it's live audio and I love engaging people. How is that? I, I said, I'm not going to do it. If I can't see anyone, I don't want to do it. But how is it? It's, I, I like it because of the, the live audio. Because no, normally when I do a Facebook live, you know, people will comment, you know, type in the comments. And there's still that delay, but it's different when it's a live conversation and mm -hmm. you're talking to them, they're talking to you, they're asking you questions in the moment, you can hear their voice. And so it lets you mm -hmm. sense what's going on beyond what they're saying. And so for me, you know, I like that interaction because we're having a, a real time conversation yes. without delay. And so, um, so I'm on there and people can find me on those platforms, but I always say, find me first on my website. Because if these platforms have a tech issue, you still need to be able to, we still need to be able to be connected That's so true. I can help you. And we're not limited to somebody's technology problems. Because, you know, Facebook and Instagram went down not too long ago and they were down for a whole day. And people were talking about, is it because of this? Is it because of that? And had all these conspiracy theories, you know, it was like, look, we don't have time to focus on that. So if we're on a platform, it go down. And you've connected on my website, then I can reach out to you and be like, look, here's a conference call number. We're going to jump on. We're we all going to get on to have this conversation or yeah. meet me over here on Zoom or something. And so, yeah, I encourage people to connect because I want to help ignite the champion that's in them. And I hope that you help to ignite millions of champions. You're a man of wisdom. I've gained so much insight for in, in the hour that we've been talking, what time, is it an hour? Yep. For the hour that we've been chatting. Thank you so much, Jamal, for, you know, all the, the wisdom and, and insights and just, just the, the, the love and, and passion that you exude, you know, I can, you're welcome. I can see that you are, you're very passionate about what you do. You care about your clients and you really want to see people step into purpose and be that powerful leaders, leader that we were all created to be. So thank you. Thank you so much, Jamal. And I hope that we can stay connected. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Universal Grace Podcast and being part of this amazing community. I consider each episode part of a lifelong conversation of you and I hanging out and helping each other rise to the top. 
If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And of course, if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. So I'll see you on the next episode. But in the meantime, remember to head on over to universalgracepodcast.com and get some extra special resources that you won't find anywhere else. Thanks for listening and let love guide you.